Well, a few days before the trial and crucifixion, Jesus rode in to Jerusalem and the crowd sang Hosanna. That word Hosanna, if you go back into the Old Testament, it is used to mean, please save me. It's a courtroom term. And when you get to the New Testament, when they are singing that, it's Psalm 118. When they sing it in the New Testament, Hosanna means salvation is here. That is the promise that we take throughout all of Holy Week and Easter and celebrate that salvation is here. It's a new covenant in Christ. By God's grace, we are saved that no man may boast. As Paul said, I boast only in the cross of Christ. Let me read something written by James Chandler, where he had come to a place from please save me to understanding salvation is here. He writes this, As a teenager, I went on an outdoor drama of the crucifixion of Christ. I was not a Christian, but was curious about all this Jesus stuff. The audience was to play the part of the crowd during Jesus' trial and his death on the cross, so we would shout, crucify him, crucify him. They brought Jesus out, began to beat him. Even though I knew it was a play, I was amazed how I was drawn into it. As we, the crowd, began to follow Jesus up the hill, carrying the cross, he stopped and fell to his knees. I didn't know he was going to do that. A Roman soldier looked right at me, pointed, and said, You carry his cross. I was stunned and confused. I hoped he was talking to someone else. Before I knew it, there I was, carrying this heavy wooden cross up the hill. For the first time, all of this Jesus stuff began to make sense. So let's talk about this promise of Easter, the promise of Christ, and the abundance that happens in Him in all things. Now Luke 19.10, we know the verse, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. We're going to look at that word save. That word save in the Greek is sozo. That word is used several dozen times in Scripture. And sometimes it's translated saved, salvation, or be made whole. Jesus came to seek and to sozo the lost. Now, Perry Stone puts it like this. Sozo is used 57 times in the New Testament. It means save, deliver, protect, and heal. Salvation is a complete work of making a person whole in spirit, soul, and in body. In fact, Matthew chapter 9, we all know the story, the woman who touches the hem of Jesus' garment. Here's what happens in that story. Suddenly, a woman with a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. She said to herself, if only I may touch his garment, I shall be made whole. That word whole, it's sozo, same as salvation. I shall be saved or I shall be made whole. Look what Jesus says to her. Jesus turned and said, be of good cheer, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Sozo. And the woman was made sozo that very hour. Jerry Gatson puts it like this. Sozo in the Greek means salvation. It means saved from hell, saved from sin, saved from sickness. It means have a soundness of mind, saved from danger. It is the salvation package. There is love in this salvation package. The challenge for us in this time of Easter is not to just let it be something that we come to once a year, but this time to say, you know what, where I'm not sensing sozo, 
saved body, soul, mind, and spirit, wholeness. Let me bring that in faith before Christ. Let me bring that to the cross. When Jesus said, Shalom, my peace be with you. Shalom, as we've said many times, means nothing missing, nothing broken. That is the promise of Christ. He came to save from sin, but so much more. He saved us to something as well. That to something is the life in him, a life with peace, with joy, with abundant celebration in Him, with, with the courage and strength of Christ, and so much more. If that is not your experience, today is that day in faith to say, Lord, let me experience sozo, body, soul, mind, spirit, marriage, relationships, at my job, and just in my heart, whatever it may be, let me know, shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. Here is a, a statement by Heather Palacios. Life, we know, can be difficult. We know that challenges happen. People get sick. People have brokenness. People have pain. Heather Palacios, part of a ministry, she wrote this for Christianity Today. Now, what had happened was she was wrestling with depression. And one day she called her husband on the phone and said goodbye. She had gone to the drugstore, grabbed a bunch of pills off the shelf, grabbed alcohol, mixed all these pills, all this alcohol, and told him goodbye. She planned to end her life. Fortunately, she left her phone on. They were able to trace her location. When they found Heather Palacios, though, she herself said she was uncontrollable. She was losing her mind. She was hitting herself. They took her to the hospital and then transported her to the mental ward where she received counseling. Here's what she says, though. That night in the psych ward, I didn't sleep. I spent the night wide awake with God, confessing, meditating on His promises in the Bible, listening for Him, reflecting on my life, supplicating my needs. It was that night I would realize when God is all you have left, you have everything you need. That's the promise. Romans 10 Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Sozo. He came to seek and to sozo. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the promise. That's the reality. That's the daily hope. And that's what we want to surrender unto Him this day in this Easter season so that we walk in the fullness of what He has purchased by His blood for our life. That's why in Greek and Orthodox churches, their greeting is Christ is victor. He is the victorious one because he's victorious. Then we share in that victory over death, hell, the grave, and sin, but also wholeness, body, soul, mind, spirit, and every aspect of life. Martin Luther, again, one of the most brilliant theologians, but said this, nothing counts with God except His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, who is completely pure and holy before Him. Where He is, there God looks and has His pleasure. The promise is what? Now Christ is in you, not by our goodness, but not by our will, our work, but by His grace. And where Christ is, there God has His pleasure. He now liveth in you, Paul proclaims. Sozo. Save to the uttermost. Shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. Which brings us then to the Holy Week leading up to that Easter moment, that trial, crucifixion, the resurrection, the empty tomb. Remember Jesus rode into town 
and he was on the donkey. And Warren Wiersbe writes this about a different triumphant entry. Notice the contrast. When a Roman general came back to Rome after a complete conquest of an enemy, he was welcomed home with an elaborate official parade. In the parade, he would exhibit his trophies of war and the illustrious prisoners he had captured. The victorious general rode in a golden chariot. Priests burned incense in his honor, and the people shouted his name and praised him. The procession ended at the arena where the people were entertained by watching the captives fight with the wild beast. That was a Roman triumph. But King Jesus came in peace. People were expecting a king who would destroy the Romans and liberate Judah. He did not come to fight humans, but to fight sin and Satan. That is the celebration that we have, that he is risen. He is risen indeed. Now, if you go back to that triumphal entry, where was Jesus coming from when he went into Jerusalem? He was coming from Bethlehem, the place of his birth. What is Bethlehem? Bethlehem is where they raise lambs to be used at Passover. When he's riding in that triumphal entry on the colt, they are also bringing in herds of sheep for Passover. And when the crowds proclaim him Messiah, they are declaring him the lamb. They may not have understood that, but they are choosing that Passover lamb that is Christ. And if you go back to Mark 11, we're told the people spread their cloaks before him and they shouted, Hosanna. Remember, Hosanna now means salvation is here. They have an understanding, not fully, but somewhat of who he is. But notice what happens after the song. Mark 11 tells us this. Then Jesus entered Jerusalem. He went where? To the temple courts. He looked around at everything. And since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. When Jesus rode in on that triumphal entry, he didn't simply go to Jerusalem. He went where? He went to the temple. What did he do when he got to the temple? It says he then looked around at everything. What was going on? People choosing those Passover lambs. What was the hour? The hour was late. It's a picture, a shadow of the cross that is just a short time later from this moment. The hour is late. And Jesus went into the temple where the lambs would be slain. He is the lamb to lay down his life and to take it back up again. G.K. Chesterton said it like this. Jesus promised his disciples three things. They would be completely fearless, absurdly happy, and in constant trouble. What was Jesus telling the disciples? He's going to lay down his life, take it up again. And what did he tell them? And now the challenges are going to come because people are going to then persecute them because of their faith in him. They'll be challenged in the world, he says. But I pray not that you're taken out of the world, but while you're in the world that you have that victory that comes in Christ. Today is the day to bring those places of fear and doubt to him and to say, Lord, I want sozo in the fullness of its meaning. I want shalom in that completeness, nothing missing, nothing broken, to proclaim Hosanna salvation is come this is philosopher thomas carlyle he lived in the 1800s he would write about this moment but when he wrote about it it was too late thomas carlyle a philosopher and a writer and he had wanted to marry a certain princess 
but his family was not royalty. He was not able to. He married an author named Jane Welch, but they had a broken marriage. In fact, other people proclaimed it's better they married each other. That way they could make each other miserable and not impact other people. Their marriage was so bad they spent little time together. And one day, though, Jane became very ill, and she just got worse and worse and worse. In fact, then she would die at a young age. Thomas Carlyle, after the funeral, went home. He found something he did not know existed. Under her bed, she had been keeping a diary. He opened that diary and read passages, and they broke him. And here are two of the things that he read. One page, she wrote this. Yesterday, he spent an hour with me. It was like heaven. I love him so. He turned to the last page and she had written, I have listened all day to hear his steps in the hall. Now it is late. I guess he won't visit today. Thomas Carlyle would write, he fell on his knees and began to weep and repeat over and over again, if only I had known, if only I had known. We don't want to live in those places of regret. We don't want to live in the moments that pass by. This time, this Easter, this celebration is the time not to simply say, you know what, it's a part of our culture, a part of our faith, a part of our tradition. It's the time to say, you know what, it's Easter. And where I'm not sensing that sozo, let me not let this moment pass by. Where I'm not sensing shalom, let me bring more faith to Him and surrender my life to say, you know what, Lord, here is my deepest need. When God is all you have left, you have everything you need. Hosanna. Salvation is here. So, what happened on that last night before hours would pass and he'd be crucified? We know, as Paul would tell us, I received from the Lord, he said, that which I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on that same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. His body broken that our life, in all aspects, could be made whole. So we take time to reflect at Easter and say, You know what? His body was broken for me so that I could be healed. Whether that healing is something emotional, spiritual, physical, relational, Maybe it's just overwhelming stress. But to say, you know what? He proclaimed from the cross, it is finished, and that means complete. It is completed. So whatever that need is that I have, it's been met in Him, and I may not realize it. And I'll give you something to, to take here in just a moment that uh, I think is something that we might all benefit from using often. But stop and think for a moment. His body broken for me that I might be made whole. There's a minister named Charles Endiffen in Denmark. He has a healing ministry. He makes it very clear. He does not have anything special about himself. He says, though, but God meets people's needs when they gather and worship and people are healed. In fact, so much that journalists have gone and written about his life and the miracles there. And there was one particular person, and her name, Anne-Marie, she had cancer. She was also skeptical. Other people were as well. Can God really perform a miracle? She said she was so ill, she didn't have strength 
to sit up straight. She had to be supported. But she went and she was at a worship service where Charles Indiffin was preaching. And she said, can you pray for me? And he did. And she said a miracle happened. She felt strength in her body. She felt the healing take place. She suddenly stood up straight. She could breathe well. She knew she had received a miracle. But she said she had fear. Would it last? And so she went to him and shared her fear. And she said, he gave me the best advice I ever got. Here's the advice he gave. He told me to say, mind shut up. Thank you, Jesus, for my healing. The next day I had to say, mind shut up. Thank you, Jesus, for my healing every two minutes. But I persevered and I am healed. That's the promise. That's the hope. That is faith. And he meets us at our place of need so that we can also then walk in the fullness in Christ. We are in our faith knowing by his grace sozo. But that sozo goes beyond forgiveness. It is a restoration, body, soul, mind, spirit, relationships, peace that surpasses all understanding. Shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken. Hosanna, salvation is here. As we close, let me share a story. I believe if you doubt the grace of God and the power of Christ to change everything, listen to what happened to this man here, a man named Vander Broek. This happened a few years ago in South Africa. Vander Broek was a soldier who tortured people and killed people. When Nelson Mandela brought war criminals to trial, eight years had passed. At the top of that list was this man, Vander Broek. He was brought to trial specifically for one family he killed, leaving the wife alive. And he and the other soldiers laughed and danced as her husband died. As she would later share, her husband whispered in his dying breath, forgive these men. They found this widow. They'd also killed her son. Brought her to the court. When her turn came to speak, they said, what do you want to happen to this man, Vander Broek? This woman stand up and said, I want three things. Number one, I want him to take me to where he took my husband and son's life. I want to take some dust from there and have a memorial service. She said, two, he took my family. I've got a lot of love to give. I want him to be required to visit me twice a month so I can give him love. And he can understand what it truly is. And third, she says, I want him to know he really is forgiven, forgiven by God and forgiven by me. So my third request is that he is brought into the middle of the courtroom so I can show him I have forgiven him and I will give him a hug. Now this war criminal, Vander Broeg, this man who tortured and killed, when he saw this grace, overwhelmed him. He fainted in the courtroom. And then they began to sing at that moment, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. So it's not just Easter. It's life itself we're talking about. 
And Jesus would take the cup and he would say, take and drink. This is the covenant in my blood, the new covenant, which is what? Grace, overwhelming grace in all things. Grace greater than all our sin. Sozo. Hosanna. And nothing missing, nothing broken. What are the needs? You're ready to surrender here this day when he is risen. He is risen indeed. Father, show me the glory. Father, show us your face. Father, show me your glory. Show me the glory. Show.